Welcome to Healthy by Anne Catherine, the podcast. This podcast came about because when I travel, I meet so many interesting people and I get so inspired. And really, I just want to tell the world about what I learned. But instead of me passing on the message, why not deliver the pearls directly to you? So that's what this is all about, sharing knowledge. Let's begin. I'm here in San Antonio in the US at the yearly IFM conference, the Institute for Functional Medicine conference. And uh, I am together with a very good friend of mine, um, and uh, I would say hormone goddess as well, Carrie Jones, <laughs> Dr. Carrie Jones, who's a naturopathic doctor. And you are the clinical director, right? For medical director. Medical director. Mm-hmm. For uh, the Dutch test, um, which we are, well, I'm using it a lot in, in, in my clinic and on my patients, both women and men. But I think today we've decided to speak mainly about hormones and women, women's health. Um, it can be hot flashes, it can be stress, it can be sleep, it can be weight so gain, weight gain <laughs> whatever we kind of end up talking about. But first of all, I met Carrie. I think the first time I met you was in Helsinki a couple, two, two years ago, more or less. Uh, no, it was in Copenhagen. Copenhagen, Copenhagen when we flew on the yeah, stairs. Yeah. That is right. That yep. is right. Mm-hmm. And Carrie came to uh, Scandinavia to talk about the Dutch test and teach the uh, or do do training on the Dutch test for all the Scandinavian practitioners, yeah. and they loved it. And that's why I thought let's do a podcast as well to just um, yeah remind those who were at the events and also get newbies in mm-hmm. too and, and hear a little bit more yeah absolutely definitely but thanks for having me on yeah, <laughs> I my call pleasure my, my treat my danish sister from another mister that is true <laughs> that is us yeah it's true so tell me um how did you get into how did you get interested in hormones and working with this area it's and... funny i've known my entire life that i wanted to be a doctor and i've known my entire life i wanted to work with women since I was a very little kid, um, somebody asked me recently, did I have a health event? Did I get sick? Did I have autoimmune or an accident? And is that what got me into it? And I said, nope. Thankfully, knock on wood, I've just always wanted to help women. And um, that's what I did. And so I ended up going the naturopathic route. Uh, I was on track to go the traditional, become an MD. And I was working in two hospitals um, in my college. And one of the hospitals was in the pediatric wing with kids, and it was so sterile, and it was so um, scary in that the doctors never listened. They didn't take more than a couple minutes. Um, They didn't include anything about lifestyle, diet, stress, mental, emotional. It was about drugs. It was about surgery. It was about, you know, chemo, and that was it, and I thought, I can't. I can't do that. I can't. That's not the doctor that I want to be. I, I must need to be something else. And um, I moved cities and I happened to move into the city that has the oldest naturopathic medical school. And once I found that, I thought, oh, this is the route I'm supposed to go. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm I, home. I'm home. And I did their program and I did my residency in women's health and hormones. 
and all my practices have been women's health and hormones, and now I work for a hormone test. <laughs> I can't escape it. And you have an amazing Instagram with lots and lots of followers. I, yeah. So I just want to promote that a little bit because <laughs> Thank you. even, I mean, we don't, as practitioners, even we don't always have the time to mm -hmm. sit down and read the, the hardcore studies. And, mm -hmm. but, so this is just a nice reminder to get now and then from you mm -hmm. very often, actually on, on very serious topic. And you just pull out the details, the pearls, and it's very much clinical as yeah. well. So it's yeah. very relevant. And just to get this little reminder now and then about testosterone or estrogen or mm -hmm. cortisol or yeah. whatever you're, yeah. yeah, it's, it's really nice. So I, I highly recommend that. Well, thank you. Yeah, and education's my whole, um, my whole goal. My goal is to and just really empower people, uh, whether it's a practitioner for their patient or whether if it's it's the the common person who's just trying to get healthy themselves, um, to just really understand hormones because it's a complicated topic and it doesn't have to be. And that's the thing; it is complicated and. Uh... Women are, well, with the contraceptive pills mm -hmm. and so on, we are kind of alienated from feeling our own bodies. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, if we don't have our period, if we have a, if we have a hormone coil, mm -hmm. um, we're just kind of moved away from that whole um, rhythm. We, we, right. we are in an understanding our own bodies and why are we getting more warm here and why are we more sensitive to cold there right. and why are we more agitated mm -hmm. or PMS or whatever comes in. So, so that's, of course... Because we we we're just being alienated from feeling ourselves, right. and I think um, it's very important, uh, at least on my journey, to um, focus a lot more on my female side mm -hmm. and understanding my hormones and understanding what goes on in my biology, mm -hmm. and and in that way also empower mm -hmm. the, the the whole woman side and female side that I am and I see that in my patients as well very often they come in and they haven't got a clue about what's going on in their body. Right. We're very conditioned to just take a pill, right? I have cramps, take a pill. You know, I have water retention, take a pill. I um, don't get my period. My periods are irregular. They don't come very often. Oh, here, take a pill. And and I'm not and, and I'm not against, you know, somebody says, well, I'm on the birth control pill or I have a coil. And, you know, there's doing it for certain reasons and there's doing it because nobody has bothered to look at why. Why do you have cramps? Why do you have irregular cycles? Why do you not bleed at all? You know, why do you have acne? You know, is, is the birth control pill the only answer to acne? No, but um, we are conditioned that, oh, there's a pill for that as a woman. And then we start to realize, wow, I just, I, I don't ever figure out why I have cramps. I just keep taking this pain, this over-the-counter pain medication but really these cramps might mean I have something else going on, a nutrition imbalance, a hormonal imbalance, you know? Yeah, and then taking those pills may impact your gut and mm -hmm. you might get liver. gastrointestinal symptoms mm -hmm. and so on. And if you're on the birth control pill, you may get like yeast or mm -hmm. like uh, other nutrient deficiencies or yep. what can go on. So, so, but let's just, um, because what I think that there's several tools from, that we can use in order to sink into mm -hmm. our own, own body and understand yep. it a little bit more. And I just recently uh, looked at, at my temperature curves and it just <laughs> allows me to, wow, what's going I I have this amazing tracking pattern from mm -hmm. my aura ring that I've been tracking for a year and a mm -hmm. half. And I can just see how regular I have on my temperature curve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's like, wow, it's, that's the way it's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm 45 now. And, but there is a cycle going on still. And it's right. just really nice to have this information. But what really is nice is the Dutch test, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's the small tools that we can use, but then there's like really understanding what goes on, mm-hmm. what are my testosterone levels like, right. what are my progesterone levels like, estrogen levels, right. um, and then moving into uh, stress hormones as well. Yeah, right? absolutely. So yeah. that's what I'm trying, if we focus a little bit on understanding the test mm-hmm. and, and, and what are, why are we measuring these things, right. and, like to, and then we can just build on like maybe talking about a little bit of cases or ideas. Absolutely, or yeah. So the Dutch test, um, which makes a lot of people laugh, it does not mean we're, you know, a Dutch company. We, we don't employ only Dutch employees or uh, test for Dutch heritage. Um, it stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. So it's a urine test. You urinate on pieces of paper, let them dry, mail them back to the lab, and they cover your basic hormones, estrogen, testosterone, DHEA, uh, your cortisol, melatonin. But then because it's urine, it gives you all these great pathways. So think like estrogen detoxification pathways, um, the pathway that testosterone and DHEA goes down, which you may not know much about, but for example, let's take testosterone. You're a woman and you're thinking to yourself, I have acne and I, I am losing my hair and I'm angry and irritated all the time. But my doctor told me my testosterone's normal. And it's really nice on the Dutch test. I can then look at the testosterone pathway and say, okay, it might be normal in production, but where does it go? And if it goes down a pathway known as the alpha pathway, now you're the woman who's going to get deep cystic acne and hair loss on your head and anger and irritation. And so by knowing these different pathways, I can go, aha, this is where you turned wrong in your biochemistry. Let's work to turn you right and and help you clear up your symptoms. Mm -hmm. The same goes for estrogen. Women get their estrogen tested all the time. But they don't realize estrogen goes through three phases of detoxification. And the Dutch test picks up two of the phases in regards to estrogen. And so it's really nice to say to somebody, yes, you have high estrogen levels, but I can tell you you're stuck at phase one or you're stuck at phase two or you're stuck at both phases. And if we unstick them, your estrogen will go down. You will feel so much better. So it's really nice to see that bigger picture because there's things you can do and be proactive about and get your symptoms to reduce or go away. And especially like with the estrogens, there is the 4-hydroxyestrones mm-hmm. yeah. that we don't really want too we, much of. Yeah. With this. It can create adducts and impact your DNA yep. and, Absolutely. and increase the risk of developing uh, estrogen sensitive cancers. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And um, in the other, so for the 4-hydroxys, one metabolite, 16 is the others, another pathway, and 16 uh, is proliferative is what we call it. It's good for bones, bad for boobs. <laughs> so it might, it'll help with you know, bone growth and development, but it will also cause breast enlargement, breast tenderness. It can also cause heavy periods, you know, thick periods, clots, things like that. And so while it doesn't necessarily increase your cancer risk per se, it may cause cancer to grow if you have it. Whereas that four pathway that you said, um, if it doesn't get neutralized, then it increases your risk for DNA damage, which we don't want because then your risk for cancer goes way up. And just to mention and make this more perhaps like clinical, 
than there are uh, both dietary and lifestyle mm-hmm. so of course exercise mm-hmm. and 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 a healthy diet lots of vegetables but especially like the cruciferous vegetables yes. will will help upregulate the, the the phase one yep. so that we kind of get get quicker rid of uh, some of the estrogens so yep. we don't get the four hydroxy uh, mm-hmm. estrogens and we can metabolize it down through phase two uh, yep. pathways yep. where there's some different things in, in, mm-hmm. in action. Like magnesium? Magnesium, yeah. It's a big one. Yeah, and especially if you can get from phase one into phase two, it we, we say it neutralizes it. It makes it um, water-soluble, so you can then get it out of the body. Um, and magnesium is a big cofactor, and it's amazing the number of people who are magnesium deficient. Um, even if something is taking simple as taking you know Epsom salt baths, Really good for calming, really good for cortisol, right? Really good for detoxification, specifically your estrogen. Uh, But taking magnesium can also be quite helpful Mm. as well. And then checking the B vitamins. Checking the B vitamins. Yep, absolutely. Think of your B12, think of your B6, your folate. Mm. uh, Not folic acid, but folate. Um, All very easy to do. Uh, we, We do have markers um, of those vitamins in the Dutch test, but you can also, you know, people get their B12 drawn and, you know, people get their B6 looked at in the blood work. And, and then just a little clinical pearl that if you do go to your doctor or you do refer a patient to the doctor and ask for a B12, uh, ask for a methylmalonate as well. Yes, MMA, methylmalonate. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the B12 that they most often uh uh, test for mm-hmm. will just tell if you have blood B12 in the blood, but mm-hmm. it won't actually see if it's if it's being used up and right. if there's more like a functional lack of, mm-hmm. of B12. Right. So when you ask for it, just try and ask for those both tests. Both tests, com- com- yeah, which is really really helpful. And and methylmalonate, um, that that MMA, it's actually more related to your um adenosyl cobalamin. So you have different forms of B12. Um, but the adenosyl is your uh, B12, the mitochondria, like the most. So people with mitochondrial problems, energy problems, you know, trouble making your ATP, then that the adenosyl B12 is quite helpful. As opposed to the cyanocobalamin, Correct, which, which is, is a normal one, <laughs> all the methylcobalamin, which is has been very fashionable or trendy yes. to just use methylcobalamin, yep. but maybe it's better yep. to get the methyl groups from the folate and Correct. then use yeah. the cyano, uh, oh sorry, the adeno yeah. um, from, from B12. Right. So. Hydroxy is the other form for people who are wondering. Hydroxy B12 um, can convert into adeno or, or methyl. Yeah. So, um, so that's a little picture on the estrogen. Yeah. yeah, we didn't actually talk about tools for for testosterone. So if we have yeah. that uh, high, uh, what do you say, high active testosterone? Yeah, the alpha. Yeah, yeah the zinc. Alpha. Uh, zinc is a good one. Yep, uh, saw palmetto, stinging nettle root, um, reishi mushroom. You know, made mushrooms now are so. Um, being used in teas and in protein bars and protein powders and you know m- drink mixes and but reishi mushroom is a really good one for lowering that alpha. Um, there's something else called pygium, uh, pygium africanum, is a really good one. And then believe it or not, the um, one of the active parts of green tea, EGCG, um, is lowers um, that that alpha side. And so it can be really helpful for people who have acne and irritation and hair growth in places they don't want it. And, you know, anger in your hair, um, uh, PCOS, uh, you know, that's what I was going to say. PCOS type women, um, it can be really helpful to lower those symptoms. Now, I will say, though, ladies, if you have 
thick, dark hair on places you don't want, like your chin, um, your sideburns on your belly. Once it becomes thick and dark, we can't turn it back. So we can't, the, the soft, fuzzy white hairs are called vellus. And once vellus turn into a thick, dark hair, you have to have it removed. Either live with it or have it removed, like through laser, pluck mm. it, shave it. Um, but what we try to do is we try to prevent those soft, fluffy hairs, the white hairs, to convert into um, the dark, coarse hairs. So it's from here and onwards. Yes. So when somebody says, well, I've been taking these supplements and I still have dark you know, hair in the same place, I, say, I know it doesn't, it won't revert them. You have to remove them and then moving forward. Mm. We're trying to reduce the risk. That's progesterone. There is progesterone, mm -hmm. our progestation hormone, yes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women don't know progesterone only comes out after ovulation. If you do not ovulate, ladies, if you don't kick out an egg every month, um, you don't make progesterone. Not in, in big quantities like we need for, as women. Yeah, progesterone does so many wonderful things. Progesterone obviously has everything to do with fertility. Um, but things like sleep and mood, it's very good to help us sleep. It's very good at relaxing us. It's very good to help reduce anxiety. Um, it's in balance, in balance, progesterone helps with water retention. Um, in balance, it helps with our skin. Uh, obviously, too much or too little can cause problems. But yeah, progesterone's a really nice one. And I know if we're looking at supplements, I know you're talking about Vitex or Agnes Castus. Vitex, or, yeah, 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 Agnes Castus. It's funny, I was just reading um, a book. I am, well, I'm reading a book called Estrogen Matters. And it's about um, a doctor and a, and a uh, psychologist. Psychologist? Psychiatrist? Anyhow, it's a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. But they, they, they are talking about various research for raising estrogen. And one of their lines says, we don't know what Chase Trees is, but we're glad people are, are, are researching it. <laughs> I thought, well, that's cute. <laughs> but Vitex works on the brain. It works on the brain to help with um, ovulation and then subsequently make progesterone. Um, but I do find that, that Vitex uh, also helps balance estrogen. I find um, it's a very smart herb and it just really helps the whole brain ovary communication work better for a lot of women. Not all, but a lot of women. I know you, uh, I think this is the one where you suggest like just take it all, because I ask some who wants to take it like from ovulation oh, yeah. until you get your period to yeah. stimulate it there. But yeah. I know you just say all month long. All yeah. All month long. And the reason is because you want that brain ovarian effect to happen before ovulation. Otherwise, how are you going to ovulate? So you need it beforehand. And then stay on it afterwards to support because you want to do it again next month. So just so just stay on it. Mm. Now, progesterone, the hormone, might be different. Progesterone, the hormone you do, um, if you're cycling it, you would do it from ovulation until you get your... As your menstrual cream or mm -hmm. yeah a cap capsule or however you take it yeah. yeah then you would only do that for your last two weeks ish of your of your cycle so and also progesterone is the hormone that makes you stay pregnant it is yeah, yeah which a lot of women have they've um, early unfortunately early miscarriage or multiple miscarriage um, and it's such an easy hormone to test it's very easy to find in the blood and so um, and it's very safe while pregnant so we'll, women will call me and tell me they're pregnant, I will immediately send them for a progesterone test. 
And if it's too low for me, I know they're at risk for miscarriage. I will just put them on progesterone. The whole pregnancy. For the, it depends. I don't. I actually refer them back oh. to their gynecologist, okay. um, who but who use progesterone mm. all the time. It's very commonly used in um, OBGYN and hospitals and in pregnancy by midwives. Everybody uses it for help mm. sustain pregnancy. So some women, yes, all 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 nine months, and other women just need it through the first trimester. Okay. It depends. Yeah. So those are the sex hormones. Those are our sex hormones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so just uh, remind, uh, reminding us of what it is and so on. And then, but the sex hormones are also dependent on cortisol yes. and stress hormones. Yeah. If we are highly stressed, we know from athletes or girls with anorexia, mm-hmm. it shuts down for the reproduction system because the body is just too stressed mm-hmm. to get a baby. Right. So when we are highly stressed, we impact the levels of the hormones. We impact ovulation and mm-hmm. so on. So... There is, uh, I would say it makes sense to look at the stress hormones mm-hmm. at the same time as looking at the sex hormones. You mean and the cortisol? Also the, yeah, 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 the adrenal. So, yeah. yeah. So, so stress hormones, adrenals, and sex hormones right. so is, is, is that orchestra of hormones. Yeah, absolutely. Even the thyroids now, there is no oh, thyroid 100%. measurement in the Dutch test, but doing that as well mm-hmm. as the Dutch test is, is, is highly relevant. Yeah. So it used to be that we did... Um, Cortisol and saliva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is, of course, the next generation because now it's in urine. Mm-hmm. And, and I know cortisol still has its, uh, in, or saliva still has its uh, benefits yep. compared to the urine. Yep. Um, but the urine tells us other things. So we have some of the metabolites in the urine. So actually, sometimes choosing to combine saliva mm-hmm. with the urine is a good thing and otherwise if it's just like a quick snapshot and you just want to understand just doing it in urine is is, yep. is perhaps the easiest yeah but in the urine we get this what's called a meta- metabolized metabolized cortisol. cortisol so it's cortisol that was free um it's not it's no longer bound up it's you know it's not on cortisol binding globulin um and it's not um uh or on albumin um, and then the body metabolizes it and, and gets rid of it. And so it represents, in, in research, they say it represents about 80% of the production of cortisol that you've had. And so it gives me a lot of insight into, can you even make cortisol in the first place? Like, do you even have enough free cortisol in your body to do what you need to do? And um, sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes you make way too much of it and then metabolize it, you get rid of it. And so it gives me this much bigger answer because the saliva cortisol, while uh, very accurate and very good, only tells me what's free and available, which is great, except I need to know, it, are, do you not have enough because you can't make it? Um, do you not have enough because you can make it, but it's all bound up? Um, and do you not have enough because you're deactivating it? And that deactivation is when your cortisol converts into cortisone. Cortisone is inactive. And and you get all this information on the Dutch test because I have practitioners that say, "Wow, I put them on this, you know, a, a, a adrenal protocol, and they got better initially, and then they got worse, and then they got insomnia, they got anxiety, or they feel like they have to be on it forever." I'm like, "Yeah, you have to take a step back and look and see: Are you deactivating everything you make to cortisone? So that's a different treatment." And is it a production problem? Your HPA access, your brain to your adrenals is not communicating. So you have to start with the brain and then and then work your way down. And so by having all this bigger information, you'll go, aha, I know where to start. I know what will give the biggest 
amount for the, you know, for the money we're going to spend and the treatment we're going to do and the supplements I'm going to recommend and the diet because you have all that information. And in those patterns, um, because you've done so many tests and you've looked at so many people through, <laughs> throughout the years, there is a tendency, like if the low, if the metabolized cortisol is low, mm-hmm. there's probably a thyroid probably problem. Probably a thyroid problem. And people always think, oh, we start with, you know, ad- adrenals first, the HPA axis first, start there. But actually, as you should know, like the thyroid, there are thyroid receptors on every single cell in your whole body. And your thyroid can absolutely impact your HPA axis first. And so when I see low metabolized cortisol, especially when I see high free cortisol, then I start to think, oh, I bet you have a thyroid problem and it's directly impacting the ability that you have to have proper cortisol. Mm. And you better get that tested. So check out the adrenals if that one is low. Yes. That's, that's oh, sorry. The, the thyroid. The thyroid. The thyroid. Low, yeah. So, and then if it's high... You so always flick over to the page where you have the estrogen. Yes. If that's high, that's probably why it's high because yes. there is this yeah. link with the sex yes. or the hormone binding globulin. Yeah, there, and definitely. So high metabolized cortisol, think all of your fight or flight. Think inflammation, think infection, um, stress, high cortisol, uh, um, or well, I that's it is high, so you know why it's high. Think um, insulin problems, blood sugar problems, obesity, hyperthyroidism, um, and all of those things will impact your estrogen as well. All of those things will impact the estrogen for men and women, um, and so you can kind of see like, oop, the estrogen's high. Is it detox? Is it from the insulin and the inflammation increasing aromatase? What's going on there? And so when I see a high metabolized cortisol. I know I have to address a, a cause. There's a cause behind it um, that's pushing on the HPA axis gas pedal to go. And I'm like, whoa, we need the break. Like, where's the break? What is the trigger here? Mm. Um, so I get asked a lot, what supplement? What supplement do I give with high metabolized cortisol? I, say, I don't know. You have to tell me what, what the why is. Is mm. it insulin? Is it blood sugar? Is, are they obese? Is it... They have a mold infection. Do they have, you know, Lyme disease? Do they are they on too much thyroid medication? Do they have a, you know, a candida? Then then we can address it. So when it's when and when it's low, we can address it a little bit more. Yes. In a way with like adrenal, yep. um, glandulars, yep. um, adaptogens, B, brain B5, support, yeah, and so on to yep. to support the adrenal functioning better. Yeah. But when it's high, we need to look at lifestyle yep. issues yep. and address those. So that's yep. a tough one. Yeah. But because everyone it, just wants a pill. What pill can I give for that? I'm like, I'm sorry, you have to actually do some digging. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's the whole, the whole, the whole pattern that mm-hmm. needs to be looked at. Melatonin is looked Melatonin. at. Melatonin. That's low. Yes. Then of course that can be because there's a lot of stress issues, mm-hmm. poor sleep, uh, mm-hmm. night shift work, and yep. so on as well. So that's people a nice... on their phones at night. <laughs> yes, blue light into blue their light. eyes yep. and so on. And of course, if it's high, there might be a supplementation. Often, um, often, where they're taking supplements, and then you just ask into yeah. to that, of course. And the common food, believe it or not, cherries, dark cherries, have a lot of melatonin in them. Mm-hmm. And in where I live in Oregon, um, we have a lot of cherry farms, and so in cherry season. All of our Oregon patients will have very high levels of melatonin because cherries are in season. <laughs> and do they sleep better than no? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't 
don't I don't know. That's a really good question. That would be a fun yeah, story. Yeah, because the season's, you know, the season's not year long. So when the cherries come out, you know, everyone has them. And then the cherries go away and we're done. Yeah. So I don't think I, I never asked about sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? Yeah, then there's a nutrient, magalglutathione. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is so um, important for estrogen. I mean, glutathione, of course, is important for everything. You're a big antioxidant in your body. But especially in relation to estrogen, you know, you mentioned that four pathway earlier. And if your four pathway of estrogen cannot get neutralized if it cannot get through phase two then what happens is it goes down a different pathway a, a bad pathway and glutathione helps stop that pathway which is really nice so or, or n-acetylcysteine whichever you use mm-hmm. so it's nice to see on the dutch test what your glutathione may or may not be doing because if you have an estrogen problem and you have a glutathione problem that's really bad and you want to work to fix that mm-hmm. And then yeah. oxidative stress. Yep. There. We have it's a marker 8 OHDG, 8 hydroxy 2 deoxyguanosine, quite the mm. mouthful. <laughs> um, but it's a DNA damage marker. So um, a lot of cancer patients like it, a lot of um, uh, patients with progressive disease, uh, Parkinson's disease, you know, MS, things that are um, maybe going to progressively causing. Mm. DNA damage, then they, we can get a look at that marker and see, yes, it's going up, or no, actually it's trending down, or it's totally normal, um, and it's really helpful. Mm. Yeah. So as you can see, it's a really broad test. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start working with it, um, well, you need to like uh, concentrate on focus. <laughs> it's comprehensive. But, uh, a lot of it's also speaking to the patient about what goes on and why do the patterns look mm-hmm. the way it does and, and trying to understand more their lifestyle mm-hmm. and addressing it. Um, and uh, yeah, try and, and, and just say, how did, I, how did it feel when I ovulated mm-hmm. now? Did I even ovulate? But did I feel any differences? Did I feel better? Did I get more energy and so on? And it's a, it's a, it's a progress. So it's not just fixed by one pill or two pills. It's, and it takes time. Mm-hmm. And I know measuring, uh, like doing a follow-up test, at least go three cycles before yes. doing it again. Because yep. it takes time for the body to change. It takes time for the egg to um what's it called develop yep. and and, and, yep. and get prepared for for um yeah becoming a baby yeah <laughs> whatever it's gonna do whatever, yeah. whatever your end goal is yeah yeah so uh so this is really exciting and as you can all hear that uh, carrie knows her supplements <laughs> hormones are my thing yeah which is really inspiring um in Europe, uh, there's not that many doctors working with hormones, mm-hmm. so that's why it's really nice for the nutritionists to have tools that mm-hmm. they can work with uh, to support the, the women as much as possible. Which is so sad because, I mean, you know, hormones are, well, hormones are what make humans humans, but especially for women, you know, hormones are what make us who we are. And um, we have we have such, um, the, our orchestra of hormones is up and down through the month. We have much more rhythm and um, when our rhythm is off as women, we just feel completely off. And it's when we need doctors and practitioners and nutritionists and like just who understand hormones that can help get that rhythm back so you feel good mm-hmm. all I mean, month we, long. We know from uh, the sports world as well where they've actually done studies on, on female athletes where uh, from in the period when they're ovulating and then until they are having that period, um, they're actually performing mm. worse. So if you are going to the Olympics or something, it's just best that it's uh, before ovulation right. and try, after the period. Try for the follicular phase. Yeah. And it's it's just some of these things that we just have to accept that, that's, that, that these things are who we are mm-hmm. as opposed to just 
like cutting it off and right. like uh, or be in denial body yeah and so on so but 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 use it because if it's possible to plan and schedule mm-hmm. well that let's let's do that and mm-hmm. and and um ha- embrace it as a as a good thing mm-hmm. when when it's good and then accept it when it's least good but then work with it so that we get more in sync and in right. balance so yeah absolutely Anyway, <laughs> I think my time is up with you for this. And, uh, so sad. We are at this busy conference, so you mm-hmm. need a break as well. And uh, But we will be in touch and we will we'll love each other. And hopefully I will get carry on again <laughs> at some course. stage for maybe another focused topic. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me.